All right, three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 17 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Ivan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. Good. You're all settled into your new place and all that, so that's good. Yep, been here for almost a week now. God damn it, I've said it before, but moving is the fucking worst. (laughs) I'm so happy it's over. Yeah, I think when you mentioned that you were moving, we talked about it, yeah. I've moved yeah. way too many times and between countries. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> way too fucking much. International international moving is a whole never a whole fucking other level. I bet. Oh yeah, because you moved from Windsor to Florida and then from Florida back to Windsor. Yeah. Christ, I can't imagine that. That'd be a pain in the ass. All right. Well, there's a ton of news to talk about uh, with the Red Wings with the league. Uh, we can start with the wings. Oh, God. And there's some more shit, like, you know, what we'll talk about it later, but, you know, some more shit in uh, your old, your hometown. <sighs> Fucking clown show organization. Yeah. And then also uh, Tom Brady retired. Uh, we can get to yes, that. Yes. The GOAT, the greatest ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's do Red Wings news first. We'll clear that up and then we can uh, have some fun here. But the two obvious big things are Pat Verbeek leaves Detroit. Is now the GM of the Anaheim Ducks. Congrats to him. That guy is. Yeah. 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 Yep. And then Horkoff is named the uh, AGM and then the Grand Rapids GM. So that's great. What's kind of your take on um, Verbeek leaving and then Horkoff uh, coming in? Or not coming in, but assuming yeah, a new role. Yeah. Uh, assuming a new role. That, yeah. That's a good. Uh, I like that jump for Horkoff. I mean, he was a good player. Uh, I don't know if you really remember him playing for Edmonton. Not really. Um, but yeah, he was, yeah, it was probably like 15 years ago, maybe, but, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, he was a good player. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, he's done a good job scouting and player development and everything in the, the long tenure he's had in Detroit. So this is another, uh, well-deserved promotion, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And my like initial take on Verbeek going to Anaheim was this is probably a little bit overdue for Verbeek getting a, um, GM job. Cause that guy's. And he, he follows. Uh, he's, the, he's been, yeah, he's been, he was in Detroit, right? And then when Eiserman uh, left Detroit, yeah, Verbeek went with him and, and then came back from Tampa with them. And Right. So, yeah, obviously, the guy's talented if Stevie's keeping him around that long. And um, yeah, yeah, like obviously he was clearly like Steve's right hand. Yeah, which I'm sure he's probably not thrilled to see happen, but I'm sure they had a long conversation and they both decided this was best for. Um, for big to take that job, huge promotion. So yeah, congrats to him. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, um, I'm you know he he leaves. Eisenman knows you know he he's going on to do something else. Like you know, it can't be any harder than it was for Steve to originally leave Detroit. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's that's tough. Um, yeah, Verbeek's been with them, and you know they've built they've built uh, winning pedigrees, and they're still continuing to build a winning pedigree now with our Red Wings, and they they established it in Tampa. Uh, as a team that uh, is the closest thing you can be to a dynasty with back-to-back Stanley Cups in in the NHL um, nowadays, um, only the uh, the third team I think to do it. Um, but Detroit Detroit did it back to back, like in Pittsburgh my lifetime. And... In my lifetime, yeah, and Pittsburgh's done it twice, and and now Tampa. Yeah, so that's. Uh, and another like note is that, in my opinion, it's always good when your coaches, player development guys, 
your GMs, well, probably not your GM, but you know, all those guys are being poached because there's a reason why other teams want them. They're successful. Um, so yeah, overall, uh, happy that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the same, it's the same as with players, right? You go, oh, you drafted this guy that nobody else knew about. And now they're going, oh, hey, I want this guy. Exactly, exactly. Um, a lesser news story, but still noteworthy. Joe Valenia was sent down. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Um, back to Grand Rapids. So. Yeah, um, it most likely could be an all-star game thing. I think it it works for him, though. I mean, he needs to be playing. He should be playing the high minutes in Grand Rapids as opposed to the six minutes in in Detroit. It's tough, yeah, because such a critical year for him. And it's not like he's been playing bad, but... Yeah, and that's why I think... And maybe, you know what? Maybe um, Fran is that close to ready to return, so maybe Valeno is going to stay down there. And God... I know we talk, we beat it with like a dead horse every week, but I just want to with Piranha. I just want to I watch know. him. Oh. It's getting closer and closer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of next week we have word being like like uh, Jack Eichel today. Um, you know, he'll he'll be ready to go full contact in you know two to three four weeks. So we can hope yeah. for that because this is around the time that they said he he would be coming back, like mid February to early March. So we're getting close yeah. to that time. And I'm not sure about Sketcher. Um, I think it's along the same time frame. Okay, that's what I think we talked about that last week. I just couldn't remember, but uh, I saw some. Uh, he's down enjoying his All Star weekend in uh, Glendale, Arizona. So yeah, some guy, some guys go on tropical vacations, but hey, Arizona's not bad when you're getting out of Detroit right now. Yeah, shit, man. We got I... pounded yesterday with a snowstorm. Oof. So how, how much you guys get total? Uh, we probably got about five or six inches. Okay, so I know on the East Coast, I heard that they got uh, like up to 20 inches in some parts of Boston, the Boston area. Um, that's fucked. We did not get a single snowflake in Iowa. <laughs> so I know back home in Illinois, um, Chicago, they got a couple inches, but yeah, not as bad as you guys. Yeah, there's all kinds of storms going on in Chicago, eh? shit storms. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. We're going to talk about that. I-, I don't even want to talk about it, but you kind of have to because it's like such a big story. Um, I was just reading something. Sorry to cut you off on it. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that just to keep on with uh, Red Wings um, before I forget here. I was just reading that um, two days ago, Sebastian Costa had a um, a closed door meeting with when this is where it gets or, or maybe this came out two, two days ago and uh, um, maybe, you know, it could have been a week or so ago, but it says uh, they had a closed door meeting with Horkov. For, he had a closed door meeting with Horkov, Draper, and Verbeek. So, I mean, that's uh, a quick turnaround for Verbeek because if he was interviewing even, they probably wouldn't have had him in a closed door meeting with their top prospect. I think the typical turnaround for like a coach from first interview to hiring could be as quick as a week and a half. So with, I'm assuming it's the same timeline for GM. So around when they had that closed door meeting, I'm assuming they knew that he was probably going to be leaving. Yeah. But, well, yeah. but I mean, I guess really being with Co- like t- in a, a closed door meeting with Costa, like what they can't be blasting him. This is uh, like, he's 21 five and five. So no, no, yeah, I, don't th- I think yeah, it's positive. But, and oh yeah, for sure. And I guess there's nothing really for beat can use in Anaheim against Detroit. Like, cause he's not allowed to talk to Costa now. So true. Yeah. I don't think he would even. Yeah. Cause we talked. Yeah. About no, I don't think that shit actually happens, but I yeah, mean, yeah, maybe yeah. it does if you got a strenuous relationship, but yeah, I don't think, uh, I wonder if that conversation was like, Hey, are you ready to come to North or not North America? Are you ready to come? play pro hockey next year like how are you feeling 
Um, we'd love to have you probably in Grand Rapids, right? They, they wouldn't toss him in the uh, NHL. But also, I, I would uh, guess. I don't know. Unless he comes on the scene, Carey Price. Yeah. Or Marc-Andre Fleury, man, but, when they both blew up. Well, actually, yeah. you know what? Fleury, Fleury did play a, a at least a season, if not longer, in the American Hockey League also. But especially so he, nowadays. He make the jump right away. Maybe it's me because I'm paranoid and I just don't trust the coaching staff right now. But wouldn't you want to keep a goalie an extra year in in juniors and then bring him up when he's like not over ripened, but when he's had like enough? Yeah, they they um. Well, yeah, he. I don't know that he could play in the AHL next year. He had to go juniors, or I NHL? think he had to go back to juniors. Um, but actually he, he has an early birthday, I believe. So he's a little bit older than most of his draft class. So yeah. that may be waived because of, you know, like a dead, a date of birth thing. Um, yeah. or sorry, a late birthday. So he's younger than his draft class. Yeah. Um, either, either way. Oh yeah. But... He's, Oh, he's already 19. So yeah, he would be able to play in the American hockey league. Next. Uh, unless he has to be 20 at the beginning of the season, which November 21st, the season would already be going on, but yeah, right. I'm not really sure how that works. Um, he he unfortunately won't, uh, or he he will be eligible still for Canada next year for the World Juniors. Okay. So, um, but I also, don't know why you wouldn't want him going there too? I just don't think that they're gonna make him play. Not make him play. I don't think they're gonna call him up to Detroit, especially with the defense that's in front of him. Like you don't want to put your future of the net in with like fucking Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser in front of him. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you don't want to sh- uh, shake his confidence by getting him blasted early on in his career. Um, yeah, wait until you have the right pieces and in- in play in front of him. Yeah, but you also don't want him getting like a 960 save percentage in juniors and just being like, okay, I'm bored. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but I, I, I'm sure they're going to do it right. They don't really – Steve doesn't fuck this stuff up. It's just I, I feel like yeah. the fuck up comes when they get handed off to the – never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> No, but I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I see what you mean, but the, the one extra year in juniors, I don't think would really be bad for a goaltender or even a, a year in the AHL. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. Because, you know, it need we probably need a, another, I mean, Eiserman could, I think, and I think he will do a lot this year to address the defense to, uh, for, years have to, to, yeah. for years to come because everybody's a fucking free agent on defense. Or everybody will be gone, like you know, Stahl, Letty, whether the they'll left return side. or not. But yeah, and um, so yeah, you got to start now. Now you get the defense built, and then you know, you could have fuck. I just if he if he pans out to be as good as we're saying he is, um, I can't wait to have him and Adelkovich dueling oh. in the net, like just to know that every night it's going to be a fucking all stars performance. Yeah, you're gonna have what we're seeing with Netty. This year, every game is going to be like that. And we just mentioned yeah, imagine it. Imagine that he had a better defense in front of him right now. We'd be in the like, playoffs. He's playing unbelievable. And I mean, we're, they're finally starting to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, starting to learn to, um, you know, win, win the tight hockey games and, and yes. play good defensively to keep the games tighter. And, and uh, things are working for them. Um, yeah. So, we just kind of alluded to it. I think it is the entire left side. So Letty, Stahl, and who's the third? DeKaiser, yeah. So they're all uh, UFAs, going to be UFAs. Um, brings an interesting question up. 
does Johansson and or Edvinson play next year? Do they both play? Does one of them play? Neither. Uh, what's what's your take on that? Between who? Uh, sorry, who was the first one you said? Albert Johansson. Johansson. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I could see um, Edvinson being in the lineup next year. I don't know that um, Johansson is is that ready, but I see. I've heard a little bit of like rumblings on Twitter more recently, actually saying like he looks like he's getting closer to being North American ready. Really? Well, I was just reading something today about uh, Edmondson. I don't remember where I seen it, but they were saying um, he probably won't be next year because he's he's he had a good start to the season, but it's he's been disastrous. And like, no, he hasn't. He has twelve points in twenty six games, which in Europe you don't they they don't put up high points. So for a Edmondson? defenseman, yeah. yeah. So for a defenseman, that's big. And uh, and he had three points, uh, goal and two assists. In the, in the shortened world juniors of two games. So yeah. where did his game fall off? If his game fell off, holy shit, let's get him back up. If this is him falling off. I think like the most promising prospects right now are Bergeron, Edvinson, and Kosa. Probably Edvinson won. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at the uh, UFA class next year. I don't know if these guys are left shots because... Oh, wait, here we go. Um, so like the best left shot defensemen that are realistic are um, Letty, uh, I wish Klingberg was a lefty. Do you think we go after like a a bigger name like that, like a Ooh, Josh Kling, Manson, Klingberg, or Klingberg, you know what, Manson? Man, I, I'd love to have Manson. I think Manson uh, is a great player. No, not a great player. Manson is a good player. Very um, solid, yeah. And then Klingberg. I mean, I wouldn't mind having Klingberg either, but I um, I feel like he, he's going to get a lot more money than Josh Manson will. Yeah, and also there's two big defensemen in Anaheim that are going to be UFAs. I didn't realize uh, Hampus Lindholm is also going to be UFA. So I would much much rather have. Uh, yeah, I'd like Landholm too. I'd like uh, Elias Lindholm too. Nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I mean that we're going to have a field day when it comes to the NHL draft. We're going to do a live stream for that. So look out for that. And then also for free agency when that really kicks off, we'll be we'll be all over that. Um, that's it for me as Red Wings news goes. Do you have any other Red Wings stuff? Um, just as far as like the last couple games there before the all-star break, the one thing that, uh, uh, um, you know, it was great to see was, uh, Jordan Osterley, who's a Detroit kid, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, get his first goal with the Red Wings, a big goal. Yeah. And he, like, he was fucking so pumped, man. It was fun to just fun to see him, you know, having that much fun. Um, you know, doing it because when you're on a losing team, you know, it's not often a lot of fun, but they're, they're doing things the right way. Um, I was going to say we should probably start doing game breakdowns more because that's like a big thing. But, but for me personally, I don't remember like all these little things. It like takes yeah, me to, and I'm not, I'm not sitting there taking notes when I'm trying to enjoy the game. Like, Neither am I, I'm, but like I'm not like, I, I, I not take, not that I not going to do my homework, but right. Yeah, I'm not. I don't need to take notes because I can remember. But yeah, and then you two or three other games are played, and you can't remember every single play. You know, big play even. I can't remember what I had for fucking lunch today. You know, rather than fucking <laughs> what Jordan Osterley and Gustav Lindstrom did in the third period of a meaningless game against Chicago. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like, obviously, like big plays, like the most cider overtime goal, like that's where I'm talking about that because it's just a work of art and all that. Um. Real quick, and then we'll hop to the league league news. Detroit sits in the same spot they did last time we talked, 21st 
in the league, 489 win percentage. They're going to get hopped by Winnipeg. Um, I mean, it's just going to happen. So we'll be sitting at 22. If we do win the lottery, <laughs> Shane Wright, baby. I mean, yeah, they would be hilarious. It's not going to happen, but. He's not anybody as good as Connor Bernard, but. I agree. Yeah, big time. I, I, I think Michkov will be better than Wright, too. He, he might not be as good as Brad Lambert. Mm, that's that's possible. Um, okay, league-wide news. All-star, all-star game starts, or the skills competition starts tonight. All-star game tomorrow. Um, we talked about it off-air for a sec. Um, I think we're both more interested in the skills events. Um one of our guys, Dylan Larkin, will be in the fastest skater competition. He technically is the fastest skater of all time. Right? Yep. Yep. So he's going against uh, Kale McCarr and McDavid. No. McDavid. Yeah. yeah. And then I think there's one more. Well, whatever. Um, I think he's got a really good shot. Uh, Dylan Larkin, like just a workhorse. He's going to take this serious too. Like he's. Yeah. So. Um, couple of new events though, that were, I feel like they're kind of like half-assed to be honest, the like 20, what are they calling that one? Like the, the blackjack one, you know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah. Like, where they're outside on the Vegas strip. Uh, yeah. And they're trying yeah, to, I, I, I don't know. And I just, I didn't really want to read too much on it. I just thought, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll explain it during the event. So I'll just pay attention. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the fountain face-off is the other one. Um, I don't even know what that one is, but either way, it'll be fun. Have have a couple drinks, and it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's something about taking a boat out on the Bellagio fountain and uh, shooting know, eight fucks. That's all I saw. Yeah, yeah. Something crazy. Mm-hmm. Something crazy that they're doing. Good for them, I guess. Oh, so ESPN put out this thing today for the uh, skills competition, and it was like you could all the events had like an over under or like pick a winner or stuff like that. And if you get them all right, you get 5k. Yeah. One, one of the questions for a uh, hardest shot was, will it be under a hundred between one, a hundred and one Oh three, one Oh three to one Oh five and one Oh five plus. I think it's going to be probably that one Oh three to one Oh five. I don't think that there's no Zidane Chara shooting like one Oh eight point nine or whatever it was. Okay, so just because, yeah, yeah, nothing going to be like that. Um, I don't know who's taking place in the hardest shot. I'm just looking for it right here. Right here it is. Um, Headman, Timo Meyer, Tom Wilson, Adam Pellish. Um, I mean, I mean, they must all, like, I wouldn't have thought of, I think of Meyer as more of a, a flashy Hands shot kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, obviously Tom Wilson can pack one, and, and Hedman and Pellish both are, are cannons also. I, I, Pellish, like, I I kind of think of him as, like, a hard shooter, but I don't really think of him as being, like, a Chara or a Vetchkin with, like, an absolute fucking bomb. Yeah, but you know what? Every once in a while, some guys can uh, – like, I was watching the highlights of um, uh, a little video that was put together for uh, – Oh, it was the highlights of because uh, the other day was ten years to the day that uh, Sam Gagne had his eight points for the Oilers, right? Yeah, in an, in a eight four win, I think it was. Yeah, and he was in on all every point. But uh, in those highlights, like fucking Ryan Whitney ripped like four or five shots that I was like, Whitney knew how to fucking shoot the puck that fucking hard. 
One of them yeah. was a goal, and it was like before I even realized he shot the puck, you could hear the fucking go it go bar down and in, and I'm like, holy fuck, yeah, you know. I mean, you're in the NHL, so you can shoot True. it. Yeah, it's yeah, just sometimes shot. it's what you don't think of players for. Like again, Timo Meyer, I, I, you know, I just picture him more of a yeah, flashy hands guy, but. It would be cool if they brought up a guy like Marty Furk to do the hardest shot. Because didn't he win last year? It was like 105 point something. In the AHL. In the AHL, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, was, yeah, no, he hit like 109. It was harder than Jara. Jesus Christ. He always yeah. had that crazy fucking one-timer in the slot. Yeah, and even his little snapshots were just bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading about the fountain face-off. It's like the accuracy contest. Oh, but- that's what I was just bringing up too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the field is Eberle, Giroux, Huberto, Yossi, Stone, Suzuki, and Wierenski. Um, oh, yeah. So the poker or the blackjack thing is called 21 and 22. That's Kadri, Matthews, Pavelski, Stamkos, and Kachuk. I like Pavs and that Pavelski in that one. And the fastest skater we missed. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I, I thought because you're, they brought Zegris in. For the um, uh, the breakaway challenge, I thought they should have had. Uh, uh, and you know what? Maybe Chara didn't want to, but I thought they should have had Chara come in just to do the skills, like because he's the hardest in NHL history. And it's but, probably you know, his last he also year. might have just said, "No, that's all right." But yeah, I would yeah. think he loves the game too much that on his last year, he'd probably want to win it again and and just go out and be like, "Ah, yeah. <laughs> still doing it at fucking seventy five years old." No offense to Chris Kreider and Jordan Cairo, but and Adrian Kempe for fastest skater. I feel like there's guys that are faster than that. Yeah, well, obviously McDavid. Whatever, who cares? The uh, the save streak should be good. A lot of good goaltenders there. Um, I mean Campbell, Vasilevsky, Anderson, Yari, Talbot, Saros, Demko, and Gibson. And look at fucking Tristan Yari. You thought Pittsburgh was going to fucking get Shane Wright and pay. Yeah. they're having an unreal fucking time right now. You're right on that. I did think that they were like and one I, injury And I'm away. pretty sure I called you an idiot in like episode one saying you, you were did. so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Hey, I'll take it. Um, remember when Jimmy Howard did the save streak? I think that was like his, maybe his last year, like 2016 or 17. Yeah. You know what? For all the shit that he got, man, he was like a three-time all-star. He was, he was, I wouldn't say great, but he was really good. Yeah. He was, yeah, he just, and then it was the downfall of the, of the team turning to, uh, you know, letting everybody kind of sail off and then trying to rebuild on the fly. And And that never works. (laughs) All right. All-star game side. I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Um, Some other news. Should we get the Blackhawks over with? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that now. So, I just haven't been on social media much like this entire week with the move and everything. So I know that um, Rocky Wirtz snapped at a reporter. A couple, a couple journalists. Yeah. So- yeah. And, and it was like, uh, yeah, I felt like the sun, the sun didn't even kind of step in to try to stop it. And it's like, dude, look at the downward spiral your dad's going into. Um, uh, I think, I think, and now, and now with, um, three more people considering lawsuits at the school. Um, like if, if, if at any point, another player that was in the NHL comes out and says it happened to him in Chicago, 
under the same tenure, uh, like under the same time frame, uh, the NHL needs to force the Words family that they need to sell the team, kind of like uh, the NBA did with uh, the Clippers owner that went on a rape, uh, racist tirade years back. Uh, What's his last? Howard, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but... four or five years ago, uh, whatever it was, and yeah, he was he he was forced to sell. That's what. Like I already think that maybe should have happened, but the fact that it ha- hasn't would mean one more player, and then it's like they. But you know what? They also could again talk about it. What the hell do we know? Yeah, and the thing is, like, when the Kyle Beach stuff first came out and um, John Doe, too, it was like, okay, this is a really bad black guy for the league, and it's a terrible look for the organization, for the league. Um, this is not a black guy. This is, like, this is a criminal organization. That's This is um, – Yes. This and- is something that uh- – at an NHL level rivals what happened in Danbury, Connecticut with the trashers. Yeah. And well, take a step back. So like, Rocky like, like in a, in a different way where, where Danbury was run by the actual mob, uh, right. Chicago yeah, yeah, being yeah. run by a shady cabal of, uh, rich people. Yeah. Who do whatever the hell they want. Like it's Hollywood. Right. I'll, I'll do this really quick because I'm not sure if I, if everyone knows, but the history of the Blackhawks in the last 20 years is a fucking Rocky Rocky Road. Um, a Rocky kind of ironic Wirtz Road. Rocky yeah. Words, yeah. Rocky <laughs> Words was a shit bag. Basically, if you were a Blackhawks fan and you lived in Chicago, you couldn't watch the games from like 05 to 07 because they, yeah, the games were Yeah, I remember out. that after the lockout because yeah. they went to some different uh, different stations. Like that's when they had lost ESPN coverage. Yeah. Which and, is- and yeah, I remember he was like, nope, not putting you on TV then. And, and if you look at Arizona's crowd <clears throat> right now, it would make their stadium looked like a packed crowd compared to what the UC was back in the day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Danny Wirtz, his son has been for the most part, very, very good. He's been good for the organization. He's changed a lot of things. He's changed the culture. So to like to still have this guy in the background who snaps at reporters, who covers up sexual assaults in 2022, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I think you're right. I, I didn't think about it that way, but at some point the NHL is going to have to step in. And be like, yeah, we, we can't or, have and this. You know what? Maybe uh, because I, I like you said, and I, and I did re- did read a lot of stuff that uh, the son Dan- is it Danny? You said? Yeah, Danny. Yeah, that he has been good. So maybe it's at one point the the NHL just says, uh, "Listen, you have to relinquish ownership to him, and you're not allowed to be involved with the team." Because unless yeah. unless you know Danny knew about this also and was covering it up, but uh, you know who know who really knows, but. Yeah, I'm sure it's a bunch of hush hush, but like I, I, I'm not we're not going to speculate on like that horrific series of events that is still unfolding in front of our eyes, you know, 10 years later or whatever it is. But the same kind of like narrative, Scotty Bowman was obviously like one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest. And Stan was also very good for the most part. And the fact that like. Well, Stan was good because Scotty was there showing up, telling him what to do. I yeah, I will I will not defend him that much, but I will say that he did have some pretty good moves. He had some fuck ups, like the whole uh, Shaw and Lad thing, and oh, whatever trading Panarin. Yeah, hey, through all the downfalls in his tenure, he got three fucking rings on his finger, right? Yeah, he's got and a lot just, of hard. Just work. added those to his dad's collection too, because Scotty won the all four, three of those cups too. Yeah, I mean, so I mean. That's all I have to say about the Blackhawks. I mean, they're a shitbag organization. I've always hated them. And this is just like, it's not laughable because like the situation isn't funny 
by by any means. No, it, it is just it, and then yeah, it's laughable. The whole the situation, yeah, not as like you said, but just how it's how it's being handled. I guess if you didn't like just the the Rocky words uh, tirade. If you didn't know uh, what he was yelling about, you would just think, what the fuck is this crazy old bastard going nuts about? This crazy old But man. the fact that you know he's trying to cover up sexual assault just makes it like, you're a sh- holy fuck, dude. Yeah, and I'm always like on the side of, it's typically the player in this situation, the player snapping on a reporter. Like, I get that. When when Drysaddle Dry, did that, I understood where he was coming from. It's frustrating. They sucked when he did it. But this is, this is your problem, Rocky. And to snap at a reporter for asking a simple question, go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, don't know. I thought it was crazy, but. And then uh, you go, we'll handle it. You don't work for the organization, uh, buddy. You won't handle it. <laughs> this is public, very public. And yeah, you have proved for at least the last 14 years, you have not been handling things. It's fucking ridiculous. It, whatever. We can move Even on. though they have three Stanley Cups in those 14 years. They've been piss tanking themselves. That was like the end of it. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Kane and Taze leave, they're going to have some dark days are ahead for the Chicago Blackhawks. So they, they really are like, cause they're not going to be drawing the big free agents now because nobody's going to want to go here. You people are going to be calling Arizona and say, Hey, offer me something. So I don't got to sign with the Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then once Kane and Taze are out, it's, it's going to be some dark days. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be a tough 10 years for them, for sure. Um, kind of want to talk about some prospects now. Uh, this is really like the first time that we've, since the podcast inception, that we can start looking towards prospects and being like, okay, where does Detroit fit in here? Somewhere between probably 8 and 14 drafting. Um, we've talked about Brad Lambert and how bad we want him. It's yes. um, all I want for Christmas. Yeah, Brad Lambert. Um, I saw a couple different um, projections. And uh, Detroit was typically around like 10 or 11 for those projections. But they had uh, Frank Nazar going to Detroit. They had Connor Geeky. I don't know much about Frank Nazar, to be honest. I know he's a US US guy. And then uh, Connor Geeky's in the WHL, I believe. Yeah, Geeky, Geeky played uh, for Canada at the World Juniors the lot this year, the short one, and last year. Yeah, I think he's a good player. I guess too. And like, if we get Geeky, that's a nice little center prospect that we need coming up the pipeline. Yeah, he's a big boy, man. He's like, yeah, he's like six six, I think. Yeah, he's a big, big. Fuck yeah. I, I don't, I don't see what it is in front of me, but uh, he has a brother too, Morgan Geeky on Carolina, yeah. who's also a a big guy and a very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, our guy, though, that we've both wanted basically the whole time is Brad Lambert. He's slotted in at an eight right now in the power rankings. Uh, we know that like after pick three, it kind of goes by the wayside, especially nowadays where you have Columbus picking up top and they'll fucking pick a guy that's protected to go in the seventh round in the first round. So um, I could definitely see Lambert slip into uh, to Detroit around like that eight to 14 spot depending on how the second half goes yeah yeah and then i saw something where somebody was questioning him because he was rated so high and now he's down like in eight or ten or whatever and he's been and i don't think it's that i think it's that it's the draft like he was known but because his dad was an nhl hockey player Mm -hmm. um 
And you know, why is this kid got a, uh, why is this Finnish kid have a, a name, an English name like Brad Lambert? Uh, you know, <laughs> he's kind of stood out in Finland, I bet. But, um, I think it's that as the draft year approaches and as guys start playing better their draft year, that many more guys just start racing towards the top right. until you're into the the Shane Wright where he's, you know, you're not being touched. Like, I'm protected. I'm fucking, I'm going for sure. But I don't think Lambert's game has fallen off. He looked good for Finland. He actually scored, what, two, I think three goals in the first game or two goals um, in the two-game tournament. So, uh, but yeah, so I think he's still doing well. It's just, yeah, like I said, all the other guys have uh, popped up. And I wouldn't be, you know, like that David Yurisek, the Czech defenseman. Yes. Um, right now, this one I'm looking at uh, has Detroit picking at 11, and it's Ivor, Ivan Miroshinichenko. Yeah, I like him. Never even heard his name before, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. Uh, also, like... I have a point after this, but I don't really see the reason to draft another defensive prospect. I know, like, I know the philosophy of Detroit is pick the guy that you think is the best at the position. Like we saw with Mo Sider, they thought he was the the sixth best player in that draft, if not better. So they took him. Fair enough. Yeah, so, like, and 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 a, a lot of that too is people people question that Eisenman thinks he might have been the best player in the draft, which he might. He well, uh, yeah, he could be. Very well, could be. Hey, right now, right now, Lucas Raymond's the best player from his draft. Oh, that, that was my point. I was going to say. So, with w- to your point, how you're saying that Brad Lambert started off like projected to be two or three overall. Now he's fallen to like eight to ten. That happens all the time, like you mentioned. And last year is not a great example because that draft class wasn't as strong. But we saw movement and, and all so the way. And so many players didn't play last year. Like, uh, yeah, in, yeah. And they either had real short seasons or, in the, I mean, the OHL didn't play a single game. Like, so, yeah, last year is hard to go on that because it's like, well, hey, this guy didn't even play. Or this guy played one game in the KHL and one game in Sweden and six games in Finland. Like, why doesn't he, right. couldn't he stick on a team? And uh, after the most cider pick, I stopped really getting like uptight about like worrying who we're going to pick because we obviously have incredible amateur overseas scouting and they're going to do, they're going to do what's right. And Evanson's a great, Evanson was a great pick. Turns out like he's going to be great. Uh, Raymond, he was like the clear number four. So that was just a hand me. And then most cider get, get moving up like 15 spots. We dropped six overall. He looks like, he, like we just said, could be the best player in that draft. So not worried about it. It's just fun to talk about it, though. Oh, yeah. It's fun to look back and, you know, with hindsight and that. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's uh, he's definitely up there with with uh, the other guys, you know, um, Hughes. And, and he, I think he's better than Kako. Um, uh, clearly, yeah. Uh, Kako still has room to grow. And, and they're also a team that is just busting at the seams with young prospects that are NHL players. That it's like, uh, you know what? They get shut, lost in the shuffle. But Kirby Doc also is good, and uh, and Bowen Byram, and and I mean Turcotte and Cousin Zegras. Yeah, Cider's right in there. Oh yeah, so I think it'll be Zegras one, most Cider two. Right for, now for rookie for, of the year, just from that draft class. And I, I do think that most Cider is better than Trevor Zegras, but Trevor Zegras is obviously like way flashier. He's a forward. He does like the sexy goals, all that stuff. Um, well, you know what? He creates a buzz around the league, and that's what the league wants. You think they care that he's five points back? No, people are talking about him. Yeah, exactly. and that's good for the league. That's how they sell him. And then, hey, yep, yeah, that's all it is. It's a sell job. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Speaking of Kako and Lafreniere. Oh, oh, sorry. One, one more thing before, um, before we moved off. If Cider, Raymond, or Nadelkovich, or if somebody else comes up and draws to, from Detroit, um, as it looks, uh, Cade Cunningham is going to be Rookie of the Year yeah. in the NBA. Um, if and now if a Red Wing won, it would be the first, the second time in North American pro sports that a team, a two different teams in the same city, have got Rookie of the Year. And the last time was seven. The last and only other time was seventy nine eighty when Larry Bird and Ray Bork were both Rookie of the Year in Boston. So that's that'd be some all right company. And uh, there's still a third sport that we talked about it two pods ago or three pods ago. The Tigers have the deepest, if not like top three deepest uh, prospect pools in the MLB. Yeah. Like guys like Spencer Torkelson could very easily go out and win rookie of the year for them. So yeah. I, I imagine having all three of those fucking guys. Oh my God. Um, I was going to say, is there a, and then, well- oh, um, sorry, one more thing. Um, yeah. Just to kind of stick on Michigan and um, Keenan Draper signed today with Michigan. Chris Draper oh, signed. Yeah. That's good. And um, then the one more other thing um, is the rumor that um, Owen Power is going to Buffalo the day the Michigan season ends. Uh, yeah. If, if the World Junior is any indication of like the type of player he's going to be, he's going to yeah, be a stud in Buffalo. He can't stay in college. He can't stay there any longer. He dominates it dominates it and even in world juniors which is like is a better stage than college hockey like he's gonna he's gonna be a really good player and well and he's at the olympics right now for canada that's right wait didn't um i have dude i don't even know what their schedule looks like like i'm it's so so terrible on it i didn't even know but it's also like two o'clock in the morning and shit games will be on or something like i don't know i remember doing that we used to go out when the uh the last time the NHL players were in it, and when it was in uh, Russia in 14, yeah. games would be on at like four or five in the morning. So me and my buddies would go out and fucking drink all night and then just like, you know, go go back to someone's house after like the bars close and uh, make some food and then, uh, you know, just kind of sober up. And then at four or five in the morning, we start drinking again, watching the Canada game. Yeah. I think that me and my buddies. I think that we just because there was only one game on a Saturday, I believe, for the U.S. And we went to bed early, woke up, and started drinking. That was a lot of <laughs> trick. Um, I was gonna say though, Canada's the, women's team dominated uh, Switzerland twelve-one in their holy first game. Fuck the U.S. beat uh, Finland like five to two or something, five to three. Oh yeah, uh, Marie Philippe Poulain, who's Canada's captain, was also uh, Canada's flag bearer at the ceremonies. So. That, that's that's huge that, you know, with women's hockey trying to make the push and the movement that some like that, that in a, can, a country like, you know, Canada who has the hockey player carrying their uh, their flag. So that's good. Right. Right. Oh, that was trying uh, to look at. I can't even find like a good schedule for the Olympics. If you here. just Google Olympic hockey schedule, it'll pop up. Oh, yeah. I got it here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So USA beat them five to I watched most of the third period. I was so crammed at work. Um, so Canada and the U.S. play on February 11th at 11 o'clock at night. Okay. So uh, next, oh, that's fr- perfect, next Friday. That's not bad. Fr- Friday at 11 o'clock at night, Canada, USA. Should we record after the game or Saturday morning, or should we just say, fuck it, we'll just talk about it the following week? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out before yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do it live. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll figure something out. But yeah, we can go. Yeah, we'll talk about it or. 
And then um, I, to touch on football, fuck, how good is Joe Burrow? He is disgusting. He, he's such a, I don't know. He reminds me of like a lot of the old, like Phil Rivers when he was young. Like he actually used to be cool. He had a great career. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait for I that. I just, uh, I make too much money to wear fake. <laughs> yeah. What was the next question? I'm like, is this guy just ripped out of his mind? Because that's how I sound when my parents call me on the phone. <laughs> yeah. He's he's always been that guy. Even when he was at LSU, like he was just like the, the coolest guy in the room. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, that, of- and you know what? That's good for their game. And the fact that like he's just on TV with a huge fucking like Nike uh, diamond necklace. Yeah. And just laughing like an idiot. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I always like overplay how big hockey is in Canada. I know it's like a religion, but I think that the Super Bowl is like if Toronto played Montreal in the Stanley Cup every year. Like it, nothing, there's nothing going on in the States besides the Super Bowl on Sunday. It, it, it really is like a holy day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot here too. Uh, who Super Bowl Sunday, like most small businesses would stay open, but yeah, not really in the States. Cause they're like, no, I'm fucking for Super Bowl Sunday partying. Like, yeah, it's like a weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the NFL traditionally owns the Sunday. Yeah. God of football is like a stupid ass thing that some Americans say. Yeah, that's like Sunday's God of football. Um, yep. what do you th- what do you think would be the biggest Stanley Cup matchup that you could possibly assemble? And like you don't have to worry about divisions or conferences. You can just put two teams together. Like two current teams? Two current teams, yeah. I Toronto Montreal, Detroit. right? I, I'd like I uh I'd put Detroit and Toronto just per because I would personally want to see them. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about like Western Canada too. So like, and Toronto, Montreal, man, like, you know, I've met. So I had an old neighbor who was this fucking, uh, his name was Mario. I can't remember what his last name was. It was the old Frenchest name of all time. The guy spoke Lemieux. in a French accent. No, but I, uh, <laughs> I barely understood anything he ever said to me. And uh, just talked about growing up, loving the, the Habs and everything because he grew up in Montreal. And then, uh, and then I went in his uh, went in his garage. Uh, he was like, "Oh, you know, yeah, invite me over for a beer or something during a hockey game." And I went in his garage, and it's all Toronto Maple Leaf shit. And I'm like, "Bro, I thought you were from Montreal." And he's like, "Yeah, I gave up on the Habs a long fucking time ago." I'm like, "You went to Toronto, Montreal? Yeah. At least has won in the last thirty years." I was gonna say, if you're gonna pick like Canadian team, don't pick the the fucking Leafs. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Detroit and Toronto. Would but, be- oh, sorry. My point of that was I've met a lot of people that are like Toronto and Montreal fans. And I'm like, no, or they, they've changed over. But when, um, when my dad was younger, he was a he was a diehard Toronto fan. And uh, my whole life, he's never ever said a good word about the Maple Leafs. Um, that is my, so weird. My, my grandpa, my dad, his dad used to always buy me like Maple Leafs T-shirts and sweaters and stuff for like birthdays and Christmases. But uh, my dad gave up on them when Harold Ballard owned Toronto and he just started trading everybody away and he was a piece of shit. Uh, my dad just became a Red Wing fan and then since that now is now a Lightning fan. But So you could have been, uh, been a Lightning uh, fan. Uh, I could have been a Leaf fan. That would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was. I, I do I do like the Lightning, not when they play Detroit. But, I mean, yeah. you know, I, lived, I lived there. I went to so many games, you know, like. Uh, I became a fan of them. 
they still never overtook Detroit, but they can win. Well, I guess technically they could overtake us, but they will they will never overtake the Red Wings. No. Um, I, a Toronto Detroit would be an unreal matchup because it is like ten miles away from each other. Well, I guess like the fan base is like you know across the pond essentially. Oh, sorry. If it was Toronto Detroit, sound like oh, yeah, it could yeah. never happen, obviously, but yeah, or my uh, Montreal and Ottawa. Yeah, right. What about like, like a Western Canada versus Eastern Canada matchup would be unreal. Like Edmonton versus Toronto, or you know, name a Eastern Canadian team. Uh, I think Vancouver and Montreal would be fun because when Montreal won the cup in '93, the fans rioted and burned the city down. And when the Vancouver Cubs lost yeah. the cup, their fans did it. So let's see what happens. It's going to happen to both, maybe. <laughs> oh my! That would be electric. Though. That. I, I don't know, like, um, but Edmonton, Edmonton, Toronto, I think would be good. The sad part is, like, that's not even a possibility for a long time because there's not even two Canadian teams that are good right now. No. So we'll see. I wonder who the closest is in the Western Conference, like Winnipeg, maybe. Cal- nah, not Calgary, not Edmonton. Who closest to being there? Yeah, being a, a contender or a playoff team. Contender. A legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I don't know. It's not Vancouver. Like, really, I got no, no. Um, You know what? Sadly, it might be Vancouver. Well, maybe, but, like, they're such a pit. You know, like, that organization (laughs) just fumble fucks everything. One other thing I just saw that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Blackhawks, um... Looks like Peter Shirelli will be their new general manager. He's interviewing. Wait, is that confirmed? Because I know he was interviewing. I know I heard a. Ru- I heard a. I just I saw a thing saying uh, Shirelli is to be the next. Should be the next guy, or is probably the next guy, or whatever. And, and um, I would love that so much if Peter Shirelli was the next GM of the Blackhawks. Like he would, he would set them back ten years, ten more years. <laughs> yeah, like he does with every team he touches. They'd be fucked until my kids were having a Red Wings podcast. Yeah. Oh, by um, then people will just think about information and it'll just go in your head. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah. So or the world fan. will have fucking ended a long time. True. You're a Pats fan, right? Yeah. Okay, let's talk some Tom Brady. What's what's uh, what's your opinion on this? The whole thing. Uh, I mean, obviously it was rumored what last weekend, but I didn't believe it. I just thought no. I, not for something like this. You got to hear it out of his mouth. Right. Or on his fucking Twitter account <laughs> or his IG. I think it was. Yeah. His Instagram. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, fuck if he wanted to play, he, he would have played. And if he wants to retire, he doesn't owe a goddamn thing to anybody um, except the game of football, but he doesn't owe anything to the city of Boston or new England or really anybody, he's he's the greatest of all time. There may well never be a quarterback that good. And he just, he was still the best. Like, he still, I think, probably wins the MVP this year. Yeah, he And I don't know should. when they vote on the MVP, if it's the last day of, like, the like at the season or something. Or, because now with the news, it's like, okay, yeah. I think, I think they voted before. And, and, and Rogers probably wouldn't get the votes because of his uh, crazy uh, COVID shit, yeah. season. All, yeah. His, his um, publicity all season didn't look, it just looked, it didn't even look bad. It was just, 
humorous how uh, I don't want to say how stupid he sounded, but not not that he is stupid, but he kind of sounded stupid when he was saying yeah. stuff. Sounds and arrogant, it just sounded yeah. like you were like all of a sudden he turned into a hippie or something, and it was like he was just stoned and didn't know how to talk. And it's like okay, <laughs> but I mean. I, I'm sure, you know, he, it also gets annoying and he might just be, that might just be as a level of annoyedness at the beating the, beating the COVID subject over and over again. Yeah. Um, the thing, as soon as he announced his retirement, like my first thought was conversations are going to start. Like who's the greatest athlete of all time between Gretzky and uh, Brady. I probably say it is. Brady, unfortunately, because like hockey needs that, but I think it's close. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Who's the, who's the greatest athlete of all time, Brady or Gretzky? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. <laughs> I, think yeah. Tiger, I think Tiger Woods. <laughs> I think he. I think also he was. He wasn't really a team sport, but um, it doesn't matter. I just think he dominated his game more than anybody ever else ever dominated their game, their sport. Yeah, and like every once in a while, like you'll see like those stats on Twitter about Gretzky, where like if he never had a goal, he'd still be like the highest point getter of all time, whatever. That's like Tom Brady has a career that's very similar. I saw someone break down his career into like three segments. If you broke his career into three different segments, he'd be a three-time Hall of Famer. Hall of it, yeah. He so. also um, there's also a breakdown like uh, post uh, ACL MCL surgery or like pre-surgery. Um, he had like two Super Bowls with like three MVPs or something, and mm-hmm. then post ACL and MCL, which is a terrible injury for a for yeah. a football player. Um, yeah, like five Super Bowls, and all this, and it's like, oh, what the fuck did they put in his leg? Yeah, seriously, what the fuck? Um, that's pretty much all I got. Do you have anything else? Uh, not really, no. Okay. What time does the skills thing start tonight? Six thirty, seven thirty your time. Seven thirty. Yeah, I'll be watching that. We're going out to a bar, so I'll probably watch from the bar and just be yelling to myself about it. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going out, but like none of them are hockey fans. Like, there's no hockey fans in Iowa. And all, the cool thing is, I can go to the Iowa, Iowa Wild, Wild, baby. Come on, I can see the stadium from my apartment. But um, oh, really? That's yeah, fucking right. sweet. Yeah. Um, Dude, you can get you can get on the ice tickets for like twenty bucks. So I'm gonna go to some Griffins games, see Jonathan Berggren tear it up, and and maybe get, Valeno. Man, probably Valeno. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully he dominates though when he's when he's there. Yeah, maybe Zadina. I don't know. <sighs> Christ, dude. He's oh yeah, still actually, eligible. I don't know. They should have sent his ass down to Grand Rapids too. He's still uh, entry they level. Can't, eligible. Yeah, like, they could have. They could have, but like oh, they oh, can't. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, I, yeah, no. They, and you know what? And he and he just fucking scored. Here we are, still beating him. And he just got on the board this week and oh, got the right. monkey off his back. And yeah, um, you know, hopefully it picks up. Like I think when he scored, I texted you. I was like, remember when Nyquist scored like twenty seven after the Olympic break? <laughs> if if Zidino scores five goals the second half of the year, I'll be I'll be okay. Yeah. That's kind of a lofty expectation, though. Yeah, but nobody thought Nyquist was going to blow up and score 27. Or That's true. That's true. And it's now the Olympic break, and Zadina's got – he's ready to go. He's got one. One right before. Yep. So. One to go. All right. Uh, all right, man. Yeah, I guess I'll talk to you later. 
All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, man. Yeah, you too.